Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. What a weekend. We have got so many different stories to run through. Some days you watch an NFL weekend or you watch a college football weekend. You think, ah, you know, this was basically everything that I could have anticipated. Not a lot of great stories to discuss. That is not today. That is not this Monday. I have got right now 17 different stories that I wrote down while watching college football and the NFL that I think on any other normal day could potentially be the lead topic on this show. So I'm going to run through all of my big stories in the NFL, uh, all of my big stories in college football. And we now have got a Monday schedule for how everything is going to be set up. Hour one, my reaction, your reactions, everything that happened in the NFL and college football over the weekend. Hour two, Joel Klatt, uh, the lead analyst from Fox College Football, will join us every Monday in hour two to break down the biggest stories of the weekend in college football. And then in hour three, Alex Marvez will join us to break down all of the biggest stories in the NFL. So that is Monday. You can like pencil that in. That is Monday throughout the entirety of the football season. So we got a bunch more weeks of that still to come. I think you guys are going to love that setup. But that kind of gives you an idea. If you're downloading the podcast and you're a huge NFL guy, but you don't care anything at all about college football, well, hour two is going to be college football discussion. If you're a huge college football guy and you don't care that much about the NFL, you got it. Vice versa for the NFL. All of that info now for you You can use it as you see fit. But let's go ahead and run through what I think are the craziest stats. Let's start with this question. Through two weeks, is there any doubt that the best quarterback in the NFL has been Patrick Mahomes and that the second best quarterback in the NFL 
has been Ryan Fitzpatrick, and maybe you could flip-flop him if you really wanted to, but the best two quarterbacks in the entire NFL through two weeks have been Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick. What odds could I have gotten on that before the season started? If I had come on the week before the NFL started, I said, guys, this is a time for our fearless predictions. If I had come on and said, Patrick Mahomes is going to set an all-time record for the most touchdown passes ever thrown by any player who has ever played football in the NFL in the first two weeks. And if my other breakdown had been, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be unstoppable with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are going to go on the road and beat the New Orleans Saints, and then the next week they're going to beat the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Would any of you have believed it? Because it has happened. And everybody out there is like, well, Patrick, it's his first two games. And he did it against the Chargers, who are really damn good, and against the Steelers on the road. It's not as if he did it against the Browns and, I don't know, a team that's bad, the Giants. At least the Giants look pretty bad, although their defense looks decent. So that, to me, is a massive storyline out there. How good Patrick Mahomes has looked. And here's the question about Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming weekend play against the Steelers. The Steelers go on the road and play the Bucs. If Fitzpatrick plays anywhere near the same in week three as he has played in week one and in week two, is there any way possible that you can bench him? And I say that, did you guys see the uh, pictures and video of what Ryan Fitzpatrick was wearing after the game? He put on Deshaun Jackson's clothes and his necklaces, and he looked absolutely amazing. He looked just like Conor McGregor, honestly, with his beard. I think we have audio of Ryan Fitzpatrick. The video is even funnier because you can see a shirtless Deshaun Jackson looking at Fitzpatrick and wanting his clothes back. Here is that audio of Fitzpatrick. And if you haven't seen the outfit that he has on and how amazing he looks, you need to go see it. But here's what it sounded like. Hey, DJ. I got like two more because DJ needs his stuff back. <laughs> yeah, I borrowed your stuff. Sorry, Deshaun. What, what, what is yours? Is any of that yours or is the that? The chest hair is mine. <laughs> I mean, the guy has just stepped in and taken over the team. I mean, it makes me wonder, like, is Jameis Winston trade bait now? There's no way you can put Jameis Winston back in. The guy has dominated to such an extent that he shows up in the post-game press conference in one of his top wide receivers' gear, his clothes, and just wins over the entire city of Tampa Bay, the entire state of Florida, the entire country. How do you not, at this point, be all in for Fitzmagic? I, I just love everything about this story. All right, the Jags, the state of Florida, Miami Dolphins, 2-0. Jacksonville Jaguars, 2-0. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2-0. It's the revenge of quarterbacks nobody wanted. Brian Tannehill. All offseason people are like, ah, I don't know. Dolphins fans have no optimism. They've been through this before. Who's going to replace Dan Marino? The answer is nobody. Some loser we're going to put out there. He's going to stink. 
and we're all going to be sitting around uh, on our uh, in our beautiful South Florida lifestyles asking the question, why, why, why can't we find somebody who's better than Dan Marino? It's all they talk about in Miami. Still has the guy showing up in the Dan Marino jersey. Dude, it's been 20 years. Maybe get over it a little bit. Tannehill's 2-0. and Everybody in Jacksonville is like, you know, if we just had a quarterback, we could win the Super Bowl. Even after taking his team to the AFC Championship, everybody's like, maybe the Jags should trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe the Jags should make a move and try to go get Tyrod Taylor. I mean, that's how bad it was. Every quarterback that wasn't 100% committed to his team, Jags fans are saying, maybe we should go get him. And then Blake Bortles goes out and throws for nearly 400 yards against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and he throws, I believe, four touchdown passes. It's the best game of Blake Bortles' career. And the Jags whip the New England Patriots. I'm going to tell you, I know the Patriots lose a lot of games in September. And everybody always asks the question, is the Patriots' dynasty over? I'm sure if you went back and listened to old uh, audio from this show after the start of the season last year when the Patriots started off 1-2, and two, I think it was, I bet a lot of you would have said, hey, you know what? Maybe the Patriots are done. And then what happens? They go to the Super Bowl and they have a chance to win championship. Having said that, my prediction when this season started was that the Patriots weren't going to win their division and that they were going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. My fearless prediction. My wild prediction. Which isn't even wild enough because Ryan Fitzpatrick's and Patrick Mahomes would have been an even crazier prediction. Watching that game against the Jags, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm going to be right. Dolphins lead the AFC East. Doesn't seem to me like the Jets are awful. Bills are awful, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, uh, the Steelers. 0-1-1. Oh, kind of a ridiculous schedule. The exact same schedule, uh, as the exact same record as the Browns. And the Steelers are going on the road against Fitzmagic this weekend. And they have no defense. Patrick Mahomes just ate him alive. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to eat the Steelers alive too, and I think the Steelers are going to fall to 0-2-1. Is it time to panic in Pittsburgh? The Raiders. The Raiders are bad, and they gave up a huge lead on the road against Denver. This is ugly early in the season. Now, I will say positive sign there. Derek Carr played infinitely better. He looked like things could be in better shape than anybody could have hoped. With his stat line, the fact that they lost is pretty crazy. I was at this game. The Tennessee Titans were without two of their starting tackles and their top backup to play against J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Jadavion Clowney was out of the game. I think if I were predicting which head coach is going to get fired first, the Texans are insanely wobbly right now. The Titans coaching staff with Blaine Gabbert at quarterback coached circles around Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. The Texans had no business losing this game. Marcus Mariota is out. Blaine Gabbert is in. The Titans are running the Wildcat with Derrick Henry at quarterback. The first two players to pass the football for the Tennessee Titans are Derrick Henry and uh, in a, in a, in a pay, fake punt situation, uh, uh, whatever his name is, whose name is immediately escaping me. 
made a lot of interceptions last year. I feel like Deion Sanders, Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard throws a perfect strike. He's now got a perfect quarterback rating. He looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Patrick Mahomes back there. They schemed up a touchdown on the first drive based on the front that they got against the Houston Texans. The Titans had no business winning this game. Get his first win ever. Mike Vrabel out-coached and out-schemed his old team, the Houston Texans. If I am a Texans fan, I'm looking around saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? And how about Deshaun Watson running off the final 17 seconds of this game to complete a pass in the middle of the field and have the clock run out? I've never seen anything like that before. I've never seen in a tie game situation or a field goal situation or a we need a score situation, a quarterback takes 17 seconds on one play. That play was never ending. I, it would have taken like 22 or 23. I don't know how much time the Texans would have needed in order to get that play off. They might have needed 25 seconds in order to have that play be able to complete it in the middle of the field, run up, and spike the football. The Vikings and the Packers get a tie. Aaron Rodgers plays. How bad was field goal kicking across the league? 77.6% lowest field goal make rate in two years. The Cowboys, the boys defend their honor. Show up and beat the Giants. Giants now looking awfully bad. All that money to Odell Beckham Jr. The draft pick of Saquon Barkley and the Giants can't make it happen. The Cowboys 1-1, one one, the Giants 0-2. The Colts, the return of Andrew Luck, they go on the road and get a win against the Washington Redskins. I may have even missed a couple of storylines. That is everything that happened in the NFL, and I feel like I could break all of this down for the rest of the show and not even need to get to college football. The NFL is starting to get its mojo back. How crazy is the NFL becoming? We even got an NBA-like storyline out of the NFL this week. What was it? Vontae Davis quit at halftime for the Buffalo Bills. At halftime, he retired. That's unbelievable. He didn't go back out for the second half. Even Bobby Petrino's like, dude, what are you doing here? Have some respect for the season in the NFL. Imagine being like, hey, I'm out of here, piecing out at halftime of a game. I know and understand how much physical toll it takes to play football at a high level. But you quit at halftime on your team two games into the season? The two games into the season part is at least somewhat defensible. There are lots of guys out there who think, you know what, I just don't have the energy or the ability anymore to play at a high level. But to quit at halftime... And it's not like it was a close game either. It's not like it, the guy pulled himself out and he's like, hey, this gives our team a better chance to win. On some level, do you even respect that? He could have been like, hey, I tweaked a groin. Hey, man, I, I got a hurt hamstring. I can't go. And nobody would have known. And then you go ahead and retire off the injury. And it's not like you have to show up and get looked at or pass a final physical or anything else. You're retiring. Your career's over. What an unbelievable story. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me give you my uh, Outkick top 10 for college football after week three uh, in the uh, in the college football universe. We're 25 percent through the regular season in college football. 
which means uh, the top 10 starting to take shape. I'll go in reverse order here. Number 10 overall. Notre Dame was very fortunate to get the win over Vanderbilt. Kyle Shermer, beautiful pass, fourth down. Kalijah Lipscomb, if you were watching that game on NBC, could have easily held the ball, couldn't dropped it, uh, the couldn't survive the ground, as we say. Ball pops away. Vanderbilt loses 22-17. I'm not sure how good Notre Dame is. But I've still got them with a win over Michigan. Uh, I think Vanderbilt's pretty decent. I don't think they're a bad football team. I've got Notre Dame at number 10 overall. I've got Oklahoma State, who has put up a lot of points so far, as they typically do in Mike Gundy's offense. I've got Oklahoma State at number 9 overall with a nice win over Boise State. The Stanford Cardinal at number 8 overall, 3-0. David Shaw's team goes on the road at Oregon in what is probably the best game uh, with with national implications on the schedule this coming weekend in college football. Stanford on the road at Oregon, nearly a straight pick in that game. The Washington Huskies, I know they have a loss. It was against Auburn. It was a tight, hard-fought game. I'm not going to punish them too much. I've got Washington number seven overall. Auburn. Auburn lost a brutal game. Last second field goal by LSU. Auburn Tigers, I still have at number six overall. They've played two really good teams in their first three. They played against LSU, and they played against Washington. They split those games, both really close, hard-fought games. Number five overall, I've got the Oklahoma Sooners. 37-27 win over Iowa State, but nowhere near as dominant as they were in the first two weeks against FAU and UCLA. Number four overall, Ohio State gets the win over TCU. They now have three FBS wins from three different conferences if you want to count Oregon State and Rutgers as FBS teams. Uh, Number three overall, I said it earlier, LSU has more road neutral top 25 wins than the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the uh, Big 10 combined LSU two top 10 wins to start the season against Miami and Auburn both road neutral the Tigers I have number three overall Georgia just keeps rolling they have uh, the number two spot in my rankings and number one overall with a bullet ain't nobody gonna touch them Alabama is number one overall be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern 3 a.m. Pacific we're joined now by Alex Marvez. Go follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Which of these unbelievable stories, Mahomes or Fitzpatrick, is more surprising to you, uh, Alex Marvez? Uh, Mahomes, and I would say because we all expected him to throw a bunch of interceptions early on. And in fact, if you remember back to the preseason, the big story among the local media was how Mahomes keeps turning the football over. He is an Alex Smith, and instead, the young man goes out. He's basically interception-free to my knowledge, or maybe one of them. But 10 touchdown passes through the first two weeks of the season. That is the most touchdown passes in NFL history for any quarterback. Any, not just rookie, any quarterback ever. So Patrick Mahomes, and listen, the offensive talent around him is great, but it's, you know, it's the guys that we know. Tyreek Hill, who's fantastic, a great all-around receiver, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and then, oh yeah, throwing Sammy Watkins in the mix with speed to burn and some other complimentary pieces. Offensive line's done a good job. And by the way, Pittsburgh's defense is hot garbage. That is just one awful, awful group. Don't want to take away from a home, so go on the road two straight weeks. 
and do what he did. It's amazing. As for Fitzpatrick, listen, his supporting cast, it, and it makes you show, look, Jameis Winston, maybe he's the problem at quarterback, right? Maybe he was the one that couldn't get Deshaun Jackson involved in this offense because that's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done. And, you know, look, Jameis, you know, and I, I had reported this last week. Now it's apparently a big deal this morning for people who don't pay attention. But, you know, Jameis has been texting his teammates. He's been offering congratulations after wins. He's trying to stay involved. But I don't know how, unless Ryan Fitzpatrick is absolutely horrible against that same Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's coming to town and can't cover anybody, I don't see how you turn back to Jameis Winston. I think he's been Wally Pipped. And at this point, you really have to wonder about his future for 2019 and beyond. All right, so let's go to that big drama in Tampa Bay. Ryan Fitzpatrick has come in. He's been unbelievable. I think you hit on something that's key. When he's suspended, Jameis Winston has not been in the locker room at all, right? He's not allowed to be around team facilities. So uh, he hasn't been able to interact at all with his teammates. He hasn't been there working out. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it seems like, I mean, even the Deshaun Jackson putting on the jacket and showing up. I mean, it's a funny thing, but I think it also kind of speaks to his relationship with the guys in the locker room, right, that that he yeah. would do that. I'm sure they loved everything about it. How in the world – and I, look, I think they're going to beat the, the Steelers and go 3-0 and to start the season. How in the world could you replace him if you are uh, Bucks, you know, owner, GM, coaching staff? How do you make that decision now? You don't. I mean, you don't replace him. You don't replace Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, and that's the thing with Jameis, too. And listen, the excuse for week four can be this. We're coming off a short week because we're playing Monday night football. So it wouldn't be fair to anybody to not to have anyone else but Ryan Fitzpatrick as our starting quarterback heading into week four under those circumstances. So it buys them an extra week to see if, you know, the, the uh, carriage and Dean turns back into a pumpkin at the stroke of midnight type of thing. But I'm, I'm telling you, I just, because Jameis lost everyone's trust. He did in that building. I mean, that's part of the problem that they have. And, look, they've worked with him. They understood that he was going to be, you know, coming out. He wasn't a finished product like a lot of quarterbacks, but he kept making a lot of the same mistakes, a lot of the things where you throw into double coverage, where you don't, you know, where you make just bad decisions and you turn the football over. He did a lot of good things. Look, Jameis Winston, the amazing part is he was playing the best football of his career last December and in, in this preseason. He was brilliant, Clay. I mean, that's the thing. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually better right now running this offense. I, look, eventually someone's going to catch up with Todd Monken and his play calling. Let's not forget that there's been a change there in Tampa Bay. Dirk Cutter no longer calling the plays. He's handed it over to, to Todd Monken, the OC. And teams are eventually going to get a beat on what this guy's doing through analytics research and try to figure out what plays he likes best. And then there's going to be an adjustment at that point, and we'll see where Tampa Bay goes from there. But so far, so good. And, and it really just raises a lot of questions about Jameis in 2019, you know, he is under contract for one more year under his rookie deal. It's about $19 million. That's his salary for 2019. The money, the money is not guaranteed except against injury. So if Jameis were to get hurt, he'd get paid. But other than that, the Bucks are free to cut him at any time. They could potentially work out a trade in the offseason. Or maybe by the time all is said and done, Jameis Winston is back and resumes his status as the, quote, franchise quarterback for this team. The play right now, if, if it's not broken, you're not fixing it. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to turn 36 in November, okay? Can you remember a quarterback having this kind of renaissance at his age ever? Um, you, know, t- you know, Todd Collins is a weird one because it was so short-lived. But you remember a decade ago, passing the, after the, the death of Sean Taylor, that, you know, Todd Collins became the quarterback and actually led this team into the Redskins into the playoffs um, that year. That was a strange one to see a guy at that type of age. And the weird part about Fitz is that, that 
actually as, as old as he is, and, and you know, he's, he's like the consummate backup. He's started, what, at least three games for all of the eight teams that he's played with? I mean, he's been with 25% of the NFL. I, I talked to Dirk Cutter about this. I mean, Fitz is so experienced right now that he told Dirk, I don't need extra snaps in the preseason. Give him a Jameis, give him a Ryan Griffin, you know, the third-string quarterback. Let them work. He actually took fewer snaps than what Dirk Cutter had planned for him this preseason because he's just at such a good point. I think he's happy with his family life and being a dad. You know, his kids are involved now. They're old enough to have some fun with it. And, you know, the, his teammates really enjoy the energy that he brings to the game. And, and he's super smart, obviously. I mean, so all of these things have been great. Look, at some point, Clay, it's going to go downhill just because there's going to be a team that can stop this passing offense. And then at that point, the Bucks are going to have to run the football, and you got Peyton Barber and not much else. I mean, Ronald Jones, their second-round pick out of Southern Cal, he's so far behind that he's not even active the first two weeks of the season. So it's not going to last forever. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, right team, right time, if you're the not, if you're not overconfident in Tampa Bay. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Dirk Butter's first three teams in Tampa Bay, they all won, or the past three years, they've all won their season openers, then they all lost the next week, sometimes because they got fat and happy. Not the case with the Eagles. Perfect opponent for them because they were so determined to show that week one wasn't a fluke and make their mark against the defending Super Bowl champions. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for the St. Louis Rams, obviously now the L.A. Rams, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills where he had the most success and got a big-time contract, the Titans where he actually played a lot of games as well, the Houston Texans, the Jets, and now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seven. Okay, Seven that's an amazing yeah, roster there. Yes, and all, and all, by the way, combined losing records, I believe, with everyone. The only team that he has a winning record with, he's, uh, I believe, is with Tampa Bay. He might be one game over five hundred with another team. You know, and Ryan was hot in 2011 or 2010. That's when he signed that contract extension with the Buffalo Bills earlier this decade. And then he kept playing injured. And that was one of the things. He just thought, no, i got to play. And he wasn't right. He had a rib issue. And his play just plummeted. And the play of the Bills plummeted. And then just the whole circle started again in Buffalo, as you know, with, with players going down the drain there. And he wasn't able to ever turn it around. That's when he ended up ultimately heading off to Tennessee. But Look, there's a reason he sticks around in this league, and he's, he's been perfect. You know, the other thing, too, you mentioned it yourself, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun and the relationship with Mike Evans, he's targeting those guys. He's hitting them. Deshaun is involved early in these games. I mean, that's, that was such a statement yesterday. And, and Deshaun, it still you know stings him that the Eagles cut him in his prime at age 27, another one of Chip Kelly's brilliant moves uh, in the city of brotherly love during his tenure there. But they were amped for this game. And, you know, hey, they're, they're rolling, man. State of Florida, it, it's all – everyone's undefeated. 2-0. You, yeah. you guys are 6-0 and oh, if only the Gators and the Florida State Seminoles were any good. All right, now let me ask you uh, – <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you think Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans will get asked their opinion about this at all, even privately? I always wonder about that when you've got big-time receivers making big-time plays. Or do you think the coach and the GM have no discussions with any players about who the starter should be? It puts it, it puts the players in a bad spot because what if they then go back to Jameis and say they're asking me about whether you should play? I, I mean, you yeah. know, the Bucks could very well do it, but I think you got to be decisive as a staff. And you know, look for this one; it's playing itself out perfectly. And, and if they, this team continues playing the way it can, there's not going to be a single person complaining. Even Jameis Winston couldn't justify saying, "Oh, well, this guy's not playing well." You know, if, Je- if Jameis Winston is as big a team guy as he touts that he is, and, and I really sincerely believe that he is a team guy. He's not going to pout. He's not going to retire at halftime. He's not going to go through anything like that. Uh, you know, he's going to be there for the team, hopefully be ready to go. And again, I think he has a realization 
that he put himself into this position. I mean, he did this by violating the NFL's personal conduct policy, by apparently getting so drunk he doesn't remember what happened on the night of the incident. I mean, it was 2016. He's become a dad since then, you know, and, and he still works hard and all those things, and people like him. But he's the one that did it after he was told, listen, you're coming in here, and it's a, it's a very, you know, fine line because of what you did in college. you got to be really careful about how you live your life off the field. He didn't pay attention to it. He has lost the privilege to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starter. All right, let's go into uh, Jags and Steelers talk, and obviously the Patriots uh, are involved here too. What jumped out at you about, you mentioned the state of Florida, Jags 2-0, and Bucks 2-0, and and the uh, and the Miami Dolphins are 2-0. and The state of Florida is 6-0 and in the NFL so far. What jumped out at you about the Jags and the Patriots game? I can say this now. I said it last night on Fox Sports Radio with, with K-Dub and he from Salam. Blake Bortles is a good quarterback. And I don't have to duck. You know what I mean? Like It's not like I'm at a comedy show and someone's going to throw something at me. Blake Bortles is a good quarterback. Blake Bortles won that game for Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. The passing to Keelan Cole, Keelan was great, but he was precise. Blake makes plays with his legs. I got an interesting stat last night that, that over the past five years, there's only one player in the NFL who has rushed for at least 300 yards a season and averaged five yards or more a carry. It's actually Blake Bortles. As amazing. As that, is, that is, they call him the boat here, by the way. I didn't know about this until last night. Um, it's, you know, Tom Brady's the goat, so Blake Bortles is the boat. But, I mean, look, he, he's improved. And Nate Hackett is a really creative play caller. He does some different things that are hard for defensive coordinators to pick up on. I was getting some insight on, on this last night. So and he's been a great fit, you know, with, with uh, Blake Bortles. And for them to do what they did without Leonard Fournette, you know, being a run-heavy team and being able to win with a passing game, was just so big. We know defensively they're going to show up, right? I mean, Dante Fowler Jr. isn't even a starter for them. And the guy ended up having the key sack in the game yesterday. But, you know, right place, right time for them. And, and look, the, the Jaguars play, this was the toughest team in the preseason when it came to their training camp. I mean, I went to about 12 of them. This guy, the Jackson, with Doug Marone, he had his players out there. He wouldn't even practice early in the morning to get a break from the heat. These guys were out there at 1030 in the morning, no shade, uh, you know, out there for two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, full contact, pads, you know, for the first, like, 11, 12 practices of training camp. I mean, he absolutely beat the crap out of these guys for the simple reason of he wanted them ready for situations like this. So a little bit of, you know, look, if they played 10 times, would the outcome be the same? I don't know. New England's not the same offense right now without Julian Edelman, and they can't really run the football. By the way, how often do you remember the Patriots, you know, beside the Super Bowl having to come from behind? I mean, they really don't play like that too often. So, you know, kudos to the Jags. They're ready. They're primed. They got Tennessee. I think coming in at the right time, you know, Blaine Gabbard and company next Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a three, and I'll start by then. All right, so the Patriots. We talk about it every September. Is there anything different this year that makes you more nervous? We know they've had the, re- the re- renaissance uh, multiple years where they've come back. Is there anything about this year that makes you think maybe they don't have the, the juice to be able to be a great team by December and January as they typically are? Back seven is still a little bit scary. I mean, Eric Rowe, their corner, was benched. He couldn't cover Keelan Cole, so they went with Jason McCourty, uh, you know, starting in the second quarter. So he's got to get his act together. Their linebackers are slow. And if you, you know, are able to get one-on-one matches like the Jaguars were able to do, or, or even, you know, attack that part of the zone defense, I mean, you're able to make plays against them. I think that's worrisome. You don't really have a, a main sack threat. On this team, there's nobody that really scares you and say, wow, this guy brings the heat. So Belichick and company are going to have to scheme their defense once again, to make up for what is really a lack of, of marquee talent. Offensively, you know, look, they're the Patriots. They're going to be fine. I mean, and they're going to be teams that, look, the Jags have maybe the most talented defense in the NFL. See, this is, I think, the big thing, Play. I think the Jags, 
now that they're schematically sound, and, and it seems like Doug Marone is making more aggressive decisions against a team like the Patriots, it's like when you have a team that's as physically talented as the Jags and you have good coaching, you're going to beat the Patriots most times because while the Patriots are so great at scheme, their, their talent is it, not as great. It just They have fallen behind the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. It's not to say that the, the Jags are going to the Super Bowl and the Patriots aren't, but it's just that the Jags now have a, have a perfect combination of really good coaching on all three phases of it, and on top of that, superior talent to what New England has. And I think you saw that on display. There'll be a different offense, too, when Julian Edelman gets back. I mean, that was one of the things, talking to some folks with the Jags, that you know they, they're concerned. They always got killed in the past by Amendola and Edelman. And those guys aren't there right now because Julian can really he just he's so elusive and he gets so much you know yards after catch and he just changes the way you have to play your defense a little bit with him not out there there's nobody scaring you they were able to take Gronkowski out of the game they had a really nice package of you know double team combinations the way they bracketed him using a safety etc so I mean look they were the, they were they are right now a superior team to the Patriots we'll see if New England can ultimately catch up but also want to see too can are, gonna, are they going to do anything else with the wide receiver position will they try to make a trade with a team to even get a rental player. Are they that desperate to do it? I don't think they're Des Bryant desperate, but I think they are desperate enough that they may consider doing some other options. I watched the Texans and the Titans. Mike Vrabel put together an incredible game plan Amazing. to be able yep. to win with all of the injuries on that team. Uh, but I want to give you four teams that are winless so far that I think had somewhat decent expectations coming into the season. The Steelers, they're 0-1-1. The Raiders, they're 0-2. The Texans are 0-2, and the Giants are 0-2. Do you think any of those four will make the playoffs, and who should be the most panicked? I mean, Pittsburgh is the one that, that you know, really, to me, their, their offense is so high-powered, and even if you got Antonio Brown complaining about not getting thrown the football enough or whatever his situation was yesterday on the sideline, I mean, this team put up 35 points with the guys sitting there pouting. But, you know, defensively, they're, they're just a mess right now. They still can't cover and, you know, that the loss of, you know, we can talk about the loss of Brian Shazier, but listen, they had nine months to find a replacement or find a way to tweak this defense, and so far it just isn't showing up. Uh, you know, you also look at that Joe Hayden being out yesterday, that's a concern. To me, I thought the Giants would be better, but their offensive line, where I overestimated them a little bit, was this offensive line. It is not good. It is not playing well. It is not giving Eli Manning a chance to succeed. It's not giving Saquon Barkley a chance to run. These are talented guys that, that I just think are, you know, their talents being wasted a bit. You know, Houston, I wasn't really on that bandwagon just because I didn't know what Deshaun Watson was going to bring to the table. They talked about this brand new offense, but, you know, as much hype as Bill O'Brien gets, he's the former Patriots assistant, et cetera, worked with Tom Brady. Uh, he's been a nine and seven type of coach. He's had a great defense. Well, that defense got outsmarted yesterday, like you talked about, Mike Rabel and that plan that put together by Matt LaFleur, short passing game, just get the ball out of his, out of, out of Blaine Gabbert's hand simply because the tackle situation is such a mess right now because of injuries. Key special teams play, they caught the Texans off guard again. Their special teams have been among the worst in football for years, hasn't changed as the position coach change. So Houston, to me, not stunning 0-2, both games also on the road. And as for Oakland, look, they're going to be 0-3 because they're heading to South Florida to play the Dolphins for the 10 a.m. West Coast kickoff time. They can score, but they run out of gas late in the game. It's amazing. Derek Carr, the first quarterback in NFL history to complete to throw more than 30 times and complete 90% of his passes, and he still loses against the Denver Broncos on Sunday. they got to improve things on defense. They just, maybe they should try to see if the Bears will trade Khalil Mack back, see if they can work something out there. Incredible stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for rolling Thanks. with us here. Thank you, brother. Uh, that's Go Alex Marvez. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. 
We're going to give you a little bit of an interlude here. It's Animal Thunderdome time. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. What have you got for me, Danny G? Clay, do you think that you should start with the tiger hunter? Yeah. The tiger so we, update? This yeah, murderous tiger? They have yep. hired a the greatest tiger hunter in the world. He hunts tigers from an elephant. This is t- not made up. In the ma- There's a man-eating tiger loose in India that has eaten 13 people. Uh, killed and uh, partially devoured 13 people in India. It went all the way to the Indian Supreme Court to allow this tiger to be killed because they're a protected species. And they have now brought in, and his first goal is actually, so he says, not to kill the tiger. It's to tranquilize the tiger, although I don't know where you take a man-eating tiger. Uh, but the greatest Indian, uh, the greatest Indian tiger hunter of them all is now hunting a tiger probably as we speak on his uh, on and it's crazy they hunt tigers from the backs of elephants i mean this is real this is not like a made-up story so it is going on as we speak i'm fascinated by this we need to see a movie or a documentary made about the tiger hunting but that is uh that is what is going on as we speak what else you got all right let's move to africa it happened in the early hours of september 12th cries of pain from a Senegalese citizen were heard throughout the neighborhood of Santa Teresa. Local police arrived. They found the man writhing in pain, gesturing to his crotch. Local residents explained to the police that the African became wounded shortly before the police had arrived. Witness said that the man kicked a dog of a local resident, and then the dog retaliated by clamping his teeth onto the attacker's Dick Cheney and then his hand, as the man tried to push the dog away, an ambulance arrived shortly after to uh, Santa Teresa, where the wounded man was treated. Serious injuries to his uh, Dick Cheney tore the skin and uh, the. <laughs> I, we're gonna get we're gonna get dropped. By like I know. A, a thousand I, I, stations I, I know. I can't read. Uh, I can't read the details here, but pretty gruesome. He's gonna have to have reconstructive surgery. And he's going to be a regular at the urologist for months and months and months. He is now recovering at the medical center in Tarragona. Maybe don't kick a dog. Maybe in retrospect, not a good move to kick the dog. I'm not sure we blame the dog there. I don't know whether the the kick, I don't know the details behind it. But obviously the, the man, the dog went for the crown jewels and he may have won that battle. Yeah, I'm on the dog side on that one there. Yeah. Without knowing all the details behind it, for sure. Uh, what else you got? Oh, that'll do it for this morning. That's it. You're yeah. just like we got to do the Animal Thunderdome today. Well, I gotta Africa say, got I gotta say, we were tweeted quite a few Animal Thunderdome stories, but a lot of them were old. If they say four months, five months ago, we've done that on the Animal Thunderdome. So make sure the stories that you're tweeting into us are, you know, from this month. I think there was a man killed by a shark in Cape Cod. I did see that, but. That's boring. That's just one kill. We're up to 13. That's, that's kind of a big deal when somebody gets killed by a shark in America. Um, and so I'll say this. A 26-year-old guy got killed in Cape Cod 
Uh, he was uh, he was just out swimming, I guess. Yeah. He was boogie boarding when the shark attacked, uh, leading to the first shark attack fatality in Massachusetts in eight decades. Uh, this is a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy uh, story. Attack occurred around noon in uh, Newcomb Hollow Beach in Wellfleet in Massachusetts, um, and uh, that is uh, that's pretty brutal. First one in eight decades um, that a person has been attacked by a shark. I think. Wasn't that where uh, – wasn't Cape Cod where they set uh, Jaws? I believe Cape Cod in the, like, Massachusetts area was where they set Jaws, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so uh, that's the first one in eight decades in Massachusetts. So uh, obviously – So see, uh, Clay, it doesn't happen that often. You're okay to get in the water. Oh, I always get in the water, but that doesn't mean I th- think it's a smart move to get in the water. I don't think about sharks. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. And also what you should do is probably actually finish a game if you start it, which Vontae Davis was not willing to do. I know it's been a rough season already for Buffalo. They're not very good. They're starting a rookie quarterback in Josh Allen. But even the Bills had to be a little bit stunned when their starting cornerback decided he wasn't going to go back out for the second half and then announced his retirement. This is real life. Real life NFL. Unbelievable story. Vontae Davis pieces out at halftime. He was uh, one of his teammates discussed it after the game. Who is this, Danny G? This is Lorenzo Alexander, a Bills linebacker. Bills linebacker finds out that his teammate on the defense isn't going to be there for the second half. Here's his reaction after the game. You've seen anything like that in your NFL Never career? have seen it ever. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, never heard of it, never seen it. And it's just completely disrespectful when to did, uh, his teammates. Did he say anything to you? Did, did, did he say anybody to anything? He didn't say nothing to nobody. You left? When yeah, you, you know as much as I know. I know I found out going in the second half of the game. Uh, coming out, said they said he's not coming out, he retired. <laughs> so. What? Yep, that's it. So, who said um, that? Who said what? Who said he Sean said that? on the sideline. Yeah, side I mean, guys heard about it and said that he wasn't coming back out. It, part of me thinks, you know what would be a great way to end my radio career? Just a halfway through the show, just be like, I'm out, guys. Peace out. But I can't even imagine doing that on radio. Like, I wouldn't do that to the people that I do radio with where I'm like, you know what? I've been getting up early in the morning for a while. I got enough money bank now. I just don't feel it anymore. And if I just pieced out halfway through a show and you didn't even know that I had pieced out until they came back and they're like, hey, Clay Travis just announced he was retiring halfway through the show. He's, he's gone. <laughs> like, if I wouldn't do it in radio, can you imagine doing it in an NFL game. I love that ex- exam- uh, that example he gave. Never heard of it happening in Pop Warner, high school, college. No level of football have you ever started a game. And he was on the team, too, you know, playing on the field. It's not as if he wasn't playing. It's an unbelievable story for Vontae Davis to just stop and then announce his retirement on, I guess, Instagram or whatever else halfway through the Bills game. I understand a guy deciding, you know, early in the in the season or even midway through the season or whatever else. You know what? Football's a really physically demanding game. I'm a veteran. I don't have the desire to continue to play it at the highest level. But to decide to do it at halftime, unheard of. And how can you be that bad that he's like, I don't want my body to be aching and stuff like that? What do you think's gonna happen in the final thirty minutes of football that you play? You've been playing football for twenty five years. I don't think that the final 30 minutes of your career is likely to be what determines whether or not you ache when you're older in life. 
I think you could probably suck it up a little bit. Or you could at least lie. Claim you tweaked a hamstring. Blame a, a calf muscle. Just come up with a reason why you can't play. Let somebody else take your spot. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.